Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Welcome to a special edition of the show. We're actually broadcasting today from Oak Haven Institute in beautiful southwestern Michigan. This is one in a series of shows that we're doing from this venue. And I am here as a guest, part of the uh, faculty, if you will, for a 10-day lifestyle immersion program. One of the people going through that program is sitting across from me right now. His name is Cameron Cameron, I'll tell you, that last name still eludes me. I want to call you Cameron DeVazier. Am I even close? You are 100% accurate. You knocked it out of the park. Okay, well, great. Hopefully I can do that as well uh, as we go through the program. Cameron, you've been here now for a week. What are you experiencing as you're going through the program? Well, it's been incredibly beneficial and eye-opening in many ways. Uh, To begin with, I wasn't, you know, ridiculously out of shape, you know, health deterioration kind of stuff. But even in the healthful principles I tried to live in, there's so many practical ways you can improve everything from how you cook your food, when you eat your food, the amount of sleep that you get, the amount of water and exercise that you need for ideal health, not just better than maybe the average, but we want to strive for a higher ideal. And I think that we've been taught and shown and experienced some of those principles here that are incredibly beneficial. And I look forward to seeing how they go back when we go to real life again and we can integrate those into life. But I've, I've enjoyed myself. One of the things exciting to me about being a part of the program is usually when we do these programs, and I've worked with centers throughout the country and uh, even abroad, we typically are working with an adult population. And this program, uh, very creatively, is not just dealing with adults, but there are also a number of children. Uh, three of those participants are your own children. Yes, that's true. And let me tell you something. I think the adult program has been good. And I think it's, in fact, been great. But the children's program has been phenomenal. Really? Uh, they, yes, they've gotten to learn about foods, but in a very hands-on kind of way, like their vitamins and nutrients and colors of food and preparation of food. And so mm. we'll have our good, healthy dinners or you know lunches, but they'll have some things that they had made during anything. They bring those out and show us, and we have to watch them eat that good food. <laughs> and so it's been a great – they've enjoyed themselves, and, and the, the staff and the faculty have just really, really done a good job. Tremendous. So if someone's trying to say, well, you know, how old are these kids? What, what kind of age range are your children? Well, I can tell you exactly my kids' age. Okay. Uh, mine are, uh, the youngest is four, then we have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. And all the other kids are, seem to be in that context, too. So these are smaller kids, you know, less than teenage years. But they're still getting a kick out of their programming each day and having a good time with each other and learning and correcting us now in our dietary okay, choices. Okay. That they said. So it's good. Tremendous. One of the things I enjoyed is, although you're one of the program participants, you also uh, were one of the presenters for one of the presentations. You gave a, a short presentation last night. For those who don't know you, Cameron, uh, you're actually a departmental director 
for the the Michigan Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Many of our regular listeners and many people who've been interviewed on the show, they know Seventh-day Adventists for their health work in Indian country. They've come to our booth at the National Congress of American Indians. I should say our booths. There's often a whole uh, area there where the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church is, is doing free screenings and, and doing a variety of things to help people in Indian country. So Seventh-day Adventists, familiar to many tribal leaders and, and, and folks, you are someone who is helping coordinate activities in Michigan. And, and what I so much appreciated about you and many people that I've worked with in the Seventh-day Adventist Church is, is you see your vision extending beyond just Seventh-day Adventist churches, you're trying to make an impact on communities. And last night I heard you talking about that. Just give us a little bit of perspective on why a church would want to help people in a community that aren't even interested in your church. Absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, from a Christian perspective, we believe we uh, have a message to give to the world, but it's a holistic message. It's more than just some rote doctrinal items and from a book or text to some point. Important as that may be, the the purpose of Christianity is an entire life change that's physical and mental and social and spiritual, of course. And so you look around our world, look around our communities, and there is desperate need of improvement in life holistically. Mm -hmm. We're talking about physical health and even the practical living and daily life of, you know, schedules or, or sleeping and stress and all of the different things that bombard us in our media-saturated, fast-paced digital world. Uh, there are principles that are needed in our communities, not just for local church members who are part of this one denomination, but for everyone across the board that are wonderful and, and life-changing. And I think it's a wonderful privilege to be able to be helping give those to the world. And I want to learn how to do it more effectively so that everyone can be blessed. One of the things I was excited by earlier this year, Cameron, and I think we've uh, alluded to this in some of our informal conversations, I was uh, invited by one of the pastors who, who works with, uh, with, with your group here in Michigan to come out to eastern Michigan earlier this year. And he, a couple of his churches said, we really want to make a difference in our community. And so they had me come in and give talks and, in public venues, speaking about diabetes and high blood pressure and improving health, uh, working with other providers. Uh, blood banks and, and health clubs and health food stores in their communities. So I'm excited about this holistic vision that you and members of your extended team in the Michigan Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, uh, this is a vision that you've really embraced. It actually, though, brings me to, to kind of a transition point. And on this show, folks know that we're not just talking about one spiritual path. We, we have Native Americans who've been guests on my show and uh, to be honest with you, they don't think warmly of Christianity. Their parents may have been at a so-called Christian boarding school that was anything, uh, some of us would say, anything but Christian. Others, they're Native, but they've embraced uh, Christianity. So where I'm going with this is one of the things that has distressed me and others in lifestyle medicine is that there is a huge amount of evidence coming out that spiritual principles, that spiritual practices can impact our health and so many people today seem like they're just holding their tongue. They don't want to say anything because, well, I'm traditional native. I don't want to say anything about my spirituality because it might offend someone who's uh, Christian or Jewish or Buddhist or an atheist. To me, I think that's a mistake. I don't know how you feel about that, but how do you take this setting we find ourselves in culturally where in many settings people feel like if you mention religion, it's out of place when there's research showing that our spiritual health is so important? 
Absolutely. I mean, the, you're exactly right in the idea that research now and popular in society at large is coming to a more of a clear realization that spiritual life is not some option for the few who just decide to go down that path, that we all have an innate need for spiritual connection and clarity and, and peace. And um, you, you, I think that we're in all honesty, reaping the whirlwind of having a compartmentalized lifestyle where we have, uh, we think of ourselves, my body's over here and my head is over here and my schedule, and we just throw the spiritual either off the table or onto the sideline, or some would even throw it behind them and say, oh, it's just a relic of, you know, uh, whatever gone by, and it's antiquitous. It doesn't matter in our modern lifestyle. But for all of our advances technologically and media and all those different things, you see that we still have depression and mental health issues mm. and suicide and crime. All of those things that were supposed to be fixed, there's still a gaping hole. And I believe as a Christian that the Bible and the, the Lord has given us a picture of who we're supposed to be, which is a whole being, that we are a soul, that we have inwoven into us, into our very person, a spiritual nature that needs to be nourished just as much as our physical nature, just as much as our minds and our societal and family interactions, that there is a spiritual component to us that without that being fed, we would be incomplete and we would see some of the imbalances that we are now living with in a lot of our societies. I think many people that are tuning in today, those who are from First Nation backgrounds, if they're connected at all with their culture, they're saying, well, I mean, this is what we believe. I mean, one of the things I've appreciated about as I've traveled throughout Indian country, is just this very consistent, holistic outlook on life where people in Native American communities, First Nation communities, they, they tell me, yes, I mean, this is the way we've always looked at it. And so what we're trying to capture as we're talking on this show and, and what's trying to, I'll just be honest with you, what's trying to happen here at, at, at Oak Haven, what I see the, the organizers doing is they're saying, when we're going to do a lifestyle immersion program, we want to pay attention not just to the physical, but also the mental, the social. Bring the whole family in. And let's do things that cultivate the spirit and the spiritual. Now, Cameron, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here and tell you probably something that you haven't heard. I don't think you're probably a regular listener of American Indian Living. I'm not. No. Okay, and that's okay. I was willing to have you on anyway. I thank you for demonstrating forgiveness in your program. Yes, okay. but... <laughs> um, one of my guests who's been on several times is a personal friend of mine. His name is Fred Rogers. Fred is a Cherokee, and he and I have actually worked together in some public programs over the years. Fred has a fascinating perspective, and he talks about his roots in Indian country and some of the values that he's found are part of his cultural heritage You know, as a member of the Cherokee Nation. And he says, as I look at these, these are principles that I see in true Christianity. But what's interesting to me is his definition of true Christianity is different than the Christianity I was exposed to as a young man. And I'll just be honest with you, you know, a little of my background, I basically threw all that out. I said, this is all a bunch of nonsense and described myself as an agnostic as a young man. But Fred actually picking up the Bible and looking at his Cherokee traditions says, if these Europeans, when they first came over here, had really read this book the way it was written, uh, they would have treated Native Americans consistently very differently. I don't know. Does this sound like a, a strange perspective? Or have you heard this before? No, I, I don't know if I've heard you articulate it, but I've definitely heard those those, those frustrations expressed that uh, sometimes that, well, like you even mentioned earlier in the program, you talk about 
uh, someone might have been exposed to something called Christian, whether it's Christian school or church or community somehow, but it was nothing that we would think of as Christ-like or, or biblical. And what I appreciate with your anecdote right here about your Fred Rogers friend, who he, he has looked at the Bible and said, man, if it went like this, we'd see a whole different that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's absolutely true. In that sense, I want to be a radical Christian, not in the sense of crazy off the wall. I want to be radical as in going to the root. What is the actual source of what we believe to be inspired of God wisdom that we can apply in daily life? And you look at those biblical principles of and personal life things like, you know, keeping a Sabbath day of rest. What would that do if everyone applied that one seventh rest mm. in their life? What would happen if they, to the Ten Commandments were kept? These simple principles for especially the second table of the law there where you have like, you know, don't steal. What if a whole society just didn't steal? How would that change? padlocks would go out of business. You know, you, you think about no adultery. Marriages would stay together. Honor your parents, your father and your mother. How would that change our communities if people were honorable to their parents, faithful to their spouse, if they had, they, they didn't steal, they didn't covet? They didn't. These are biblical principles, but you don't have to be a Christian to recognize their value. And I think that's why they're there, is to be self-evidently superior to any kind of alternative that we in my, our humanity might, might come up with, which is actually quite selfish. But if you were to live out those biblical principles, I think that Christianity would have a much better legacy than sometimes it has had by those who proclaim the name but don't actually follow the principles. Some 20 years ago, Cameron, I was working in Oklahoma. We're doing a lot of work with diabetes, and I began working a lot with First Nation communities. And as I traveled to reservations, traveled to professional conferences, I met many First Nation peoples, including other professionals who had a real interest in helping First Nation communities from a holistic perspective. I remember one of the Native physicians that was speaking at a conference, and he was showing some amazing slides. They were slides from an artist that I'd never heard of. His name was Jacques Lemoyne. Lemoyne was one of the first Europeans to come to this continent. And Lemoyne painted pictures of what he found, and he described them. So he was basically a historian and an artist. Fortunately, there was another Frenchman named Theodore de Bry who took those watercolors that Lemoyne had so skillfully painted, and he transformed them into copper plate engravings, which, of course, have done a better job at standing the test of time. What's so fascinating is one of those pictures is entitled something like Storing Their Crops in the Public. And he has this native community in what would be today northern Florida that actually has a storage facility for all their crops. It is a structure that has no door and no locks. They understood this concept of uh, thou shalt not steal without having any Bible. Let me let you know where we're going today on today's show. For you listeners, we are going to look at something amazing that uh, Cameron and his team here in Michigan are doing that I believe can help all of us on our journey to whole person health. You don't want to miss it. Coming up in our next segment, I'm Dr. David DeRose. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage 
blindness, heart attack, stroke, and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, across from me, Cameron DeVazier. Cameron, you are on a journey. You're here going through a 10-day immersion program at Oak Haven Health. You've shared in the first segment that you're having a good experience. So is your family. But we have segued to talking about comprehensive lifestyle change programs and especially about something that, uh, well... I think is neglected too often in our health interventions. For those of you that have met me in person at the National Congress of American Indians or at National Indian Health Board events, some of you have picked up a copy of my book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, and you realize that that book actually takes a position that we cannot be serious about reversing high blood pressure unless we focus on spirituality as well. So we spend... The last chapter of the book, talking about eight timeless prescriptions for health, things that help blood pressure as well as other things. And I actually drew those, I and my co-authors, from actually the best attested figure in history. Cameron, at least my understanding is there is no better historical record of someone having lived and taught than there is for a person that... uh, actually still raises some eyebrows, a person named Jesus. Is that your research as well? That's my understanding of it, too. So whether someone listening today thinks Jesus was a wonderful man, a fine teacher, the Son of God, that's not the point in today's discussion. It's that when we were looking at something that could appeal to people across the spiritual spectrum, traditional Native people, Buddhists, uh, Muslims, Christians, Jews, we said, you know what? 
doesn't matter what people think about Jesus as far as this point. And uh, of course, I think it matters what you think about Jesus. Uh, but for this point, and that was that Jesus taught some powerful things that you and I have been saying in so many words on this show, Cameron. Yes. The majority of Christianity doesn't seem to recognize. You and I were speaking on the break about some of the false impressions about Jesus. For you listeners, before we get into more dialogue, the reason we're talking about this is on this show, we want to give you a spiritual framework. And that's true. It's a framework that we want to transcend wherever you are today, whether you're an agnostic, an atheist, a traditional native, Christian. It doesn't matter what you are for this discussion. We're trying to tell you, if you're not taking time to focus on spirituality, you're shortchanging yourself as far as whole person health. Now, with that background, Cameron, some people, and I'll put myself in this category. Years ago, I pretty much threw Jesus out, didn't think it was too relevant for my life. And it was largely, I would say in retrospect, because of things I had been told about Jesus that simply weren't true. Help dispel some of the myths that reframe Jesus as someone who really has some practical lessons for us today. Well, as we mentioned in our last segment, you know, you, if you look at even the basic things like the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, if people actually lived those out, it would look a lot different than the society we see now. The same thing is true with Jesus. You know, in your 30 Days book, it talks about these principles for spiritual rejuvenation, but they're drawn from the lessons Jesus taught, specifically in the Sermon on the Mount and those Beatitudes about humility and all of those principles that he not only articulated, but also exemplified. And true Christianity at its heart is to be Christ-like. That's the goal. It's not just to have some doctrinal positions to enforce on someone else or have some abject, random, arbitrary things, but it's to become in your whole person like the written and lived out example of God that we see in Jesus Christ. And as we look at the life of Jesus, you remember, I don't know, several years back, they used to have, going through the Christian world a lot, all these little bracelets and the slogan, what would Jesus do, WWJD? Well, and that's an actually a pretty good question. We look at how Jesus actually went about living his life. And uh, Jesus wasn't necessarily a preacher, though he did have large congregations at times, like the Sermon on the Mount. But he would do a lot of one-on-one personal interviews with people. He would do a lot of healing. He would do a lot of instruction to small groups. He, would, he was very personal. He was engaged in the community. You see him at the wedding at Cana. You see him by the seashore. You see him in the marketplace of life just interacting with people and teaching timeless principles. By the way, he would always draw his lessons from the natural world from things like the mm. harvest cycle and grain and crop. And, you know, it, it's just like a net or like sheep. He was very simple, practical, and at the same time, espousing and exemplifying timeless principles that are applicable. Whether you believe in him as a great moral teacher or the very son of God or anything else, time tested, just put it into practice and see if it works. Now, Cameron, I have to speak to my audience because some of you are saying, boy, this is uh, getting far afield from the, the arena of health. I've got to tell you, I have a uh, a number of things running through my mind, and I asked Cameron to be on the show, and I didn't even tell him about some of my concerns. But one of my concerns right now in America today is the polarization that we're seeing in our country. And this polarization is impacting Indian country. It's impacting every segment of the population. And part of it, I think, is actually stems from misunderstanding. Um, part of it comes from let's be frank, historical injustices. And so one of the reasons uh, I have Cameron on this show, American Indian Living, is I have an interest in 
Indian country for people speaking to First Nation peoples. Really, I don't know, Cameron, if the right word is uh, is providing an apology, but a lot has been done under the name of Christianity that has um, that has harmed indigenous peoples. And I'm concerned that some of the animosity that we see today between different factions is because of people who've misappropriated uh, their ethnic heritage. And I'm speaking of uh, the colonialist uh, mentality. I'm speaking about people who've misrepresented uh, religious traditions that are healing traditions. And so what I hear you doing and what I see you doing, what you presented here, if you're just tuning in, Cameron, not only a participant in the Oak Haven Health Program, but he was one of the presenters last night. And he was telling us what the Michigan Conference was doing, the Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church, working with their churches to help make a difference in the health of communities. I heard you speak at length about how you're encouraging churches, and you had a health director from your conference saying, we're trying to help people who have struggles with their weight and struggles with addictions, and and people are dealing with diabetes and high blood pressure, and and there's a whole host of things that were either specifically addressed or alluded to. So where I'm going to is you're at a transition point right now. I'm hoping this show, although we're recording it in August of 2019, that it's going to be airing in September, uh, within a month. It's a little bit shorter timeline than usual, because you at the Michigan Conference have undertaken an initiative of really trying to set the record straight about the roots of Christianity and why Christian principles heal communities. You have a statewide and even beyond the confines of Michigan initiative. Tell us a little bit about what this is. You're exactly right. That we do. It's not trying to correct and right all the wrongs, but we do want to set the record straight as to people's misconceptions, sometimes promoted by Christians, so-called themselves. You know, I think it's interesting in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus himself said, as he looked into the future, he said, many will come in my name. But just because it's labeled Christian doesn't mean it's always Christ-like. And many of the things that have happened in institutional Christianity or historical context of Christianity have been quite the antithesis of Christ himself or the biblical principles that the church was founded to promote. And so what I want to do as an individual, and I want my local church and the you know the entire state of Michigan, anybody who's have, have influence in, is to set the record straight as to who Jesus was and what the Bible actually teaches. Because hmm. just because it's called, you know, I, I make to make the joke, uh, if, uh, if I said the word snack to my kids, they're thinking cookie and I'm thinking apple and carrot sticks, right? And uh-huh, if you say the uh-huh. word Christian, some people have a very loaded picture of that, whereas we want to set the record straight. So the initiative you're talking about, and you can look this up online, it's JesusOnProphecy.com. Okay, JesusOnProphecy? JesusOnProphecy. And it's right there in the name, you know, think about biblical preaching and prophetic, you know, understanding. What did Jesus and what did the Bible actually say about these things? We don't want to have man's interpretation. We don't want to have some, you know, some superstitious whatever. We want to just cut all the back, cut all the historical out and say, let's take our Bibles in hands and see what Jesus actually taught. And I believe that there are biblical and Christian principles and teachings that would be life transforming in a positive way and would remove it far from those maybe antiquitous, historical, or I hope, (laughs) mercy, even contemporary expressions of a false Christianity that actually give Mm. Jesus a bad name, even though they're using his name. I want to be a Christian just like Jesus was, and the only way to understand that is to look at the Bible record itself and see what it says directly. 
If you come to Jesus on prophecy, you're going to have an eye-opening experience as we look directly at the scripture and see who Jesus was and what he taught about timeless principles and present truth for our day-to-day. So JesusOnProphecy.com, if I go to that website, it's going to tell me multiple sites throughout Michigan yes. and, and other places in the, in the Great Lakes yes. area yes. where people are going to be doing a live series. Is that live right? Live series beginning September 23. That's a Monday night. Anywhere, if you go to JesusOnProphecy.com, you can put in your location and it'll find you a location near you. And if you're too far out of that range, you can't physically make it. If you'd still like to learn those principles, you can go to BibleStudyOffer.com and get receive free of charge paper or even DVD Bible studies that teach these genuine Christian principles. And I think it'd be life-transforming. So BibleStudyOffer.com or JesusOnProphecy.com. Yes, sir. Our time is just about out for the segment. I know you've got to run. We've got some other guests waiting in the wings for our final couple of segments on the show. Cameron, am I making a mistake to tell people that regardless of what their spiritual background, they owe it to themselves, especially if they've had some bad experiences with things labeled Christianity, to come to these meetings to at least understand better some of the cultural heritage of Christianity, to draw from it some things that would be healing? Absolutely. You're talking whole health, whole person, principles in the life that are going to, I believe, be inspiring, challenging, and by God's grace, transformative and beneficial. Thanks so much, Cameron. we got to step away. We've got some other great guests coming up from Oak Haven Health. Other life-changing information. Don't go away. Coming up right after this. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We have just said goodbye to Cameron DeVazier. Cameron was talking about something, i be honest with you, I felt might be a little bit controversial, but hopefully you've, uh, you've stayed with me because we've got some tremendous guests here. We're totally turning direction from something that the Michigan Conference of Seventh-day Adventists is doing uh, to something that is happening right here on Oak Haven Institute's campus. It is what Cameron was taking part in. We mentioned this 10-day lifestyle immersion. Next to me is uh, Mark Levancher and his wife, Patricia, sitting across from me. Mark, you two have been involved with Oak Haven for at least a couple of years. Is that safe to say? A couple of years, going on 27. Wow, wow. So you've got deep roots here. And uh, how do you guys feel about what's happening on the campus right now? Quite exciting. Uh, we've done a number of uh, health-related community-type programs for years and years, ever since Oak Haven's inception. But this particular emphasis now with the immersion program with uh, professionals like yourself and Dr. Kelly has just added an element, a dynamic that is just very exciting to us. And we know that many people will be be helped and be blessed by that. I mean, it's exciting to us uh, to be a part. And uh, one of the things I've found so fascinating here on this venue is how things are so interfaced seamlessly. I was in a class where they were talking about a delicious whole grain blend. And the next thing I know, someone has got a bag, uh, all branded, and it's got that very blend of of whole grains. Patricia, tell us a little bit about what that was and and how this can happen here, whereas it doesn't happen in many other places. (laughs) Okay. Well, Evelyn is a nutritionist, and this cereal is something that she promotes everywhere she goes. She does a lot of speaking, and so she shared that with our Country Life team. I believe Mark was the one that kind of got that going and uh, asked the factory to package that up. So we opened up the big 50-pound bags of grain. They mixed it all up in a big hopper and then measured it out and packaged it up. So Evelyn Kissinger is a registered dietitian. She's one of the visiting faculty for this 10-day immersion program. Uh, You have a couple of registered dietitians. I know you've got one heading up the kitchen or helping Mm -hmm. coordinate things in the kitchen. I I don't want to attribute headship to any individual. But my whole point is um, this is kind of an unusual blend of whole grains. Uh, Tell us what's what's in them. Do either one of you know the recipe or is it kind of a secret and they got to call in? It's equal parts of kamut, spelt, Uh oak roots, the whole oat berry, and um, barley whole barley. A lot of people, they've obviously heard of whole oats and barley. That's not strange. But what about kamut? Do you see, are a lot of people purchasing that from uh, your store? Kamut is uh, classified or uh, commonly called an ancient grain. Mm -hmm. It's similar to wheat, but a lot of people can uh, tolerate it where even when some wheat sensitivities are an issue, the the kamut is uh, tolerable by people. Wow. It's also called Corazon wheat. Oh, so that, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got spelt in there There's as well? Spelt is, is similar in, in nomenclature, the ancient grain kind mm-hmm. of 
out of popularity for many decades or centuries even and then cultivated quite commonly now and so it's pretty readily available and all four of those grains are organic in this particular mix okay so you've got this organic grain mix and uh basically dietitian promoting it saying you know you can buy these grains you know get each of these four mix them up but you said hey we've got a natural foods operation right here and for folks who don't know about it, in these 27 years that you two have been here, has Country Life Natural Foods been here that whole time? It actually uh, predated us. Uh, Country Life Natural Foods actually had its roots in the late 60s, early 70s, wow. and has been uh, distributing wholesome foods ever since, you know, to nationwide, but with an emphasis of the mid-central states where we deliver with our own trucks. We really appreciated uh, Country Life Foods when we were living in Oklahoma because my wife and, and others there in that area said, we need to get more of these whole plant foods, these bulk foods, and where can we get them at a good price, good quality? And I know Michigan isn't next door to Oklahoma, but for whatever reason, when they checked into things, they thought, the best arrangements were with Country Life. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys sent a truck, a route that went all the way down to Oklahoma back then. Is that still the case? Correct. Still the case, yes. Okay. So people throughout much of the U.S. can get stuff in bulk from you, and they can get it either with your own trucks. I imagine you ship through UPS and yes. other routes, too. Daily, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got a natural foods operation here. Now you bring in one of the world experts in uh, lifestyle medicine, Dr. John Kelly, founder of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. How long has he been on your team? Well, he's actually been here since January of this year. Okay. So January of 2019, mm -hmm. Dr. Kelly lands here, and you start running these uh, immersion programs. We did. We had our first program in April. Okay. And uh, what did you guys think? As, I mean... When these folks came through, were you impressed? Were you disappointed? What What was your reaction? Well, we, we've been very excited about Dr. Kelly being on board. We've known him for a long, long time, and uh, it just seemed like a really good fit. And we've been just really thankful that he's here. Uh, the April program went really well. Uh, we're just so excited about what's happening and how people are seeing our really positive changes um, in their blood work and in, in the way they feel, uh, their energy level. It's just been really exciting for us to see what, what simple life cha lifestyle changes can do for people. And, and what's so exciting to me as uh, people are going through this program, they have within easy walking distance, they can walk right over to your uh, retail natural food store. And I'll, I'll confess, while I've been on the campus, I walked in and i uh, did approach the uh, person at the register, and I said, do I get a special discount for being visiting faculty? And uh, for some reason, you guys hadn't made any provision for that. So I'm, I'm hoping you'll address that in the future. We're taking note of that right now. Okay, so. okay, very good. But uh, but I picked up some things and called my wife and said, hey, I'm here at Country Life Natural Foods. You know, Sonia, what kind of things should I be picking up? And and she gave me a list of some things. So it's, it's this really interesting synergism because it's not just telling people how to eat better, what to do better, but they can just walk in the store and you've got a whole host of options. And then you're serving many of those same things in your kitchen. And Patricia, you and others are 
doing the hands-on, showing people how to make the food, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And that's something we've done here for many, many years. Uh, We've done all kinds of programs for the local community, uh, cooking classes, every kind you can imagine. What do you do with tofu? Um, How can you cook beans and have a lot of variety and be able to uh, access that amazing nutrition in the in the varieties of beans that we sell and we've done bread classes every january we've uh, tried to do one and we've had waiting lists so many people want to come and learn how to make whole grain breads and so it's just been um, wonderful to see the interest level in the local communities we have also traveled all over the united states and done cooking classes elsewhere and um, it's just been a real joy Mark and I, we've been interested in nutrition and uh, vegetarian cooking for many, many years. So this has really been a passion of Since ours for our a long teens, time. Since our late teens, early 20s. Right? Yes, wow. And yes. we're older than that now. Yeah. Okay. Yes, a little older than that. <laughs> good, good. Well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about something that I find fascinating that's happening here. Most of the lifestyle programs that I've been acquainted with, and I mentioned this when, when I had Cameron uh, earlier in the in the show, deal with adults. You folks have done something here that I think is pretty novel in that you've made these programs family friendly. Is this an experiment with this program? Are you thinking of of doing this with future programs? What's the thought there? This is an inaugural program Mm -hmm. for the parents and for the children, and we hope to do more of these in the future. In fact, while the parents are in their classes, we have designated programs where we have children's programming, and they're learning all kinds of things about health in their classes. They're all gathering around and preparing food together, and they've got their own notebook with all kinds of health information, so they're learning it at their level. And what was really neat the other day, we were down at breakfast and I heard one of these little boys, he's probably what, Mark, five years old. And he said to his daddy, Oh daddy, this one's better. It's higher in dietary fiber. (laughs) And so we were just really thrilled that Uh the children are um, absorbing uh, the information and really putting it into practice right here. And we hope they'll continue to do that at home. We're just thrilled that we can impact entire families. And what's so exciting to me is the kind of foods you're emphasizing are many of the foods that were held in esteem throughout Indian country for centuries. That's right. I've noticed something really interesting, and that is I don't think I've seen a single meal where there was not a bean dish. Is that just a coincidence or is that by design? That is by design because beans are so good for you. They're high in calcium. They're high in fiber, very high in fiber. In fact, beans is one of the best foods that you can eat, especially if you're diabetic. But everybody needs lots of fiber. Everybody needs good quality protein. And so, you know, I think the beans are one of the most amazing foods that God has given us. So we really do try to feature them at almost every meal. David, if I could mention uh, uh, something I've said over the years that often beans have kind of a reputation as a poor man's food, but I've just kind of played on words and said it's really a rich man's food because health is wealth. That's right. And uh, beans can just add to that health. And I know a lot of my Native American listeners are saying, I mean, that that's our tradition. I mean, beans are one of the staples in our diet. You know, many tribes uh, throughout uh, North America have that tradition. Many of them that I've 
met, talk about the three sisters. I mean, it's amazing to me, whether you're in the Southwest, the Northeast, talking about corn and beans and squash. And I think I've seen all those things uh, with a fair degree of frequency here on your tables. And what's exciting to me is if an indigenous person comes, you're basically showing them a host of new recipes that incorporate many of those traditional foods that, I'll be honest with you, I, I meet people with native roots that maybe in an urban environment, they don't remember maybe the foods that their mm-hmm. elders ate, and they tried that can of beans off the shelf and didn't really seem to cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be honest with you. I For lunch today, I had two or three servings of the bean soup that you guys made. I mean, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It really was. Excellent. Delicious. So before we have to step away, we've got uh, some other questions I want to ask, some other things I want to explore. But before this uh, segment uh, slips away from us, there are folks that may uh, not have the privilege of being able to stay with us to the end of the hour. If someone wants to take advantage of either the health programs here, the health food uh, resources, the bulk foods, is there a single phone number or website that they can use? Okay. For the lifestyle program... Uh, you can call 269-236-8326. You can also email at immersion.program at clnf.org. And there's no space in there. And CLNF stands for Country Life Natural Foods. You can also go on our website for the store, www.clnf.org. Okay, so if you want one place to go, Country Life Natural Foods, the abbreviation clnf.org. We'll give you that information one more time at least. When we come back, we got more great information, something that actually could change your life if you put it into practice. Don't go away. More on today's edition of American Indian Living right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, 
Doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I am on the campus of Oak Haven Institute in Pullman, Michigan. Pullman, I guess, is a small town. But you guys are out in the middle of uh, middle of the forest, it seems like. Well, there's lots of uh, state forest around us, but it's kind of a rural farming area. There's lots of fruit and vegetables grown nearby. Well, it's a very beautiful area. And speaking of fruits and vegetables, I have been um, very thankful that you folks have been willing to share with the program participants and staff, including the visiting staff like myself, some of the delicious produce that's been coming uh from your own fields. Tell us a little bit about that. Blueberries, yeah. Blueberries. And has this been a good year for them? Very good year, yes. Do you ship those, or is it just for local uh, sales? We just have a small patch of five acres, so we just uh, serve the local community. Mm -hmm. This is a big blueberry area for Michigan, and I have heard that it's a bumper crop that's shipped all over the country or potentially out of the country as well. Very good. So uh, thanks for feeding this high-quality food, some of which is growing right here. And uh, I've really enjoyed the beautiful trails. And I know you've worked a lot to have a beautiful trail system. You can just go right from where I'm staying, and in a couple of minutes, I'm out in the middle of the woods. Yes. It's really been very nice, very peaceful, very quiet, but yet a lot happening in the program. Mark, tell us a little bit about your dreams for where all this goes and things that would, you know, I promise people that we're going to share with them some things that are life-changing. You've got some, well, let's just put it this way, resources, some products, some things that at Country Life Natural Foods that if people knew about and they started using them, it would dramatically improve their health. Can you give us some examples of things like that? Sure. Well, going back to the inception of uh, the food, and we call it a ministry because it's it's more than just a business. We believe that uh, food is essential, good whole food. In fact, nowadays the whole you know plant based diet craze is really getting embraced by multitudes of people. Mm-hmm. We were on the cutting edge going back into the late 60s and 70s, providing these foods that really enrich people's lives to a point where, you know, just the quality of life is so much better when you're using foods as grown, natural, for the most part unprocessed, uh, just wholesome mm-hmm. things. And we, we've, as Patty has mentioned about cooking classes, we cater and educate people to for themselves and knowing the ingredients of what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And then the results just are part of this overall healthy lifestyle. Although food is not the only thing we like to promote. Now, let me ask the two of you this, because 
we're promoting this kind of diet as life-changing. You've got people coming from some distance to go through these immersion programs. I know you're going to be training more and more physicians because Dr. Kelly is, is training people throughout the world in lifestyle medicine. But has it impacted your own lives? Has it made a difference? Is your health better after catching this vision? Well, I think we've we've been interested in health and nutrition for many, many years. So mm-hmm. I can't say what we're doing right now has impacted it because it's our, it's been a part of our lives for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But what has changed is we're just so inspired to see it affecting more people in new and better ways than what we were doing here before. Excellent, excellent. Now, I know you folks raised a family here pretty much on this campus. Is that safe to say that you have a number of children who spent quite a bit of time here? Yeah, our oldest is over 40, so she was uh, 10 when we moved here, 12. Uh Our youngest was just a toddler. A lot of people have been asking the question, okay, well, these diets, this lifestyle may be important for someone who's got diabetes, heart disease, a very austere diet, but for someone who's young and healthy, really not necessary, probably not even healthy. Uh, have your kids been pretty sickly on a diet no, like this? And I and I would uh, comment on the word austere because we <laughs> relish the food that we eat and we are just so enthusiastic about the, the variety and the good flavors that Patty particularly is expertise in that. We have, uh, going back to my early days, my experience, I thought when I heard about healthy eating, that if it was healthy, you just uh, ate it. It didn't have to taste good. Mm. But when I met Patty and met other good uh, cooks that Mm -hmm. cooked with natural foods, I really found out that you don't have to sacrifice taste to get Mm. the health benefits. Excellent. How does that make you feel, uh, Patricia? Oh, it makes me feel happy. (laughs) And uh, he thought that um, you could walk into a health food store, and if it was there, you... You should eat it. It doesn't matter if it's um, tasty or not. And he actually saw a dry chickpea. This was years ago. Oh, my. And he popped it in his mouth. And, of course, it wasn't cooked. He didn't know back then you were supposed to cook it. And he said, oh, well, it's not so great, but at least it's healthy. So now he knows that everything can look good, taste good, and be good for you. And, Mm -hmm. yes, I've always loved to cook. I grew up with a mom who was a great cook, not a healthy cook, but I learned from her Mm -hmm. the different flavors and textures you're looking Mm -hmm. for, and I've incorporated that into my um, vegetarian cooking lifestyle, and it's been great. And to comment on our children again, they are vibrant, healthy, strong, not sickly, or even close to that. Okay, okay. And uh, they've embraced the plant-based diet Mm -hmm. on their own as adults, and... uh, particularly our son who who manages country life is uh, he and his wife are what they call the millennial foodies okay. they'll, they'll check out different uh, venues and, and places when they're traveling and, uh-huh. but that the health benefits we could see as, as from early childhood up the plant-based diet has been such such a, have rich rewards for them. Well, gardening was a big part of our life, Mm, raising our children. And Uh so we just want to encourage any of you out there, if you have children or even if you don't, take a little piece of land, Mm. plant some seeds. There's hardly anything that is more rewarding. And so all of our kids grew up planting a garden, harvesting 
the food from the garden and they all love gardening. They all love cooking. And, you know, it really gives us a lot of joy now to see them incorporating in their own personal lives the things that were so much a part of mm -hmm. their life growing up. Yeah, we'll text pictures back and forth of, of oh, food. Look at, <laughs> Mom and Dad, look at this dish we just yeah. made. <laughs> Tremendous. Now, what what I think is life-changing, and some of the listeners are saying, well, what's the life-changing information? You said you're going to have it in this segment. I think if you just catch this principle that healthy foods, healthy lifestyle can be enjoyable, it is transformative. Because what I find is so many people think they've got to make a choice between whether they're going to be healthy or whether they're going to be happy. And what your example shows and what's happening here at Oak Haven Health, what's happening to people that are coming and changing their lifestyle, they're saying, you know, this food is great. Um, is it just me who's hearing that or are you hearing that no, when they we, come to your... No, the feedback is continual. We're hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a lady come through our April program. Mm -hmm. She couldn't even walk without... Uh, walking sticks. Okay. And about eight days into the program, she realized that she didn't need them anymore. Wow. And she was walking. She was so excited. She felt like she had her life back again. Mm. And this was just incorporating these simple lifestyle principles, healthy foods, getting enough rest, um, exercising. And now she's got a whole new lease on life just within a short time. And the lifestyle is sustainable. It, it's not... Uh... Anything other than simple. It's, mm -hmm. it's simple principles applied on a daily basis that make a huge difference in people's lives, and they can sustain it day after day, week after week, month after month, and the benefits continue to grow because of that. So if someone comes to an Oak Haven Health 10-day lifestyle immersion program, they can expect to be fed great food, get on a personalized exercise program, see uh, Dr. John Kelly or some other uh, physician who's going to manage their case, going to work with them one-on-one. -on -one. You have an, an exercise specialist. You have cooking classes. If kids come, you can have special kids programs. Uh, you've got therapy, uh, massage, massage. Mm -hmm. hydrotherapy, water yes. treatments. Uh, it sounds very comprehensive. Am I missing some of the ingredients? Well, blood work before and after okay. so you can actually measure measure. Their okay. data points. And that's all included in a package price. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, from what I'm hearing, it is a very, very inexpensive price. So uh, if you want more information, Patty, uh, Mark, how does someone uh, tap into saying, hey, I want to come out here and get some more information? Okay. For the immersion program, you can call 269-236-8326, or you can email immersion.program at clnf.org. And for Country Life Natural Foods, you would just go on the website, clnf.org. Okay, so simply remember Country Life Natural Foods, the initials, clnf.org. If they go there, they can find their way over to the immersion program and get all that information? Yes, yes. Okay, excellent. Guys, thanks so much for sharing your, uh, your passion as well as uh, your example. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyable to talk about it. Well, that's all for today's edition of American Indian Living. Hopefully today's show has given you a new vision on whole person health. I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.